Welcome to Vermont Artists and Authors, where we interview great storytellers and artists from the amazing Green Mountain State. This is episode 15. I'm your host, Barney Smith of StoryComic.com, and we're excited to have with us the acclaimed and celebrated Vermont author, Ray Perkins. Ray, thanks for joining us on this uh, lovely Thursday afternoon. Or well, evening, thanks for having me. Yeah. It's, you know, it's interesting because, as you say, you you started off of, you're, you're, a, retired, you're a retired school teacher. Yeah, social oh. studies. Social studies. Okay. Yeah, and middle school social studies. You have to be a little wacky to teach that age group, but hey, it worked. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Did you jump right into writing uh, right after you retired, or were you writing a little bit before you retired? I was actually writing right off and from from college, and, and when I I took this great Vermont history course with Senator Graham Newell, who was at Linden State College, a professor there, and he he just got me so excited about Vermont history. When I had my first teaching assignment, which was in Coventry, um, I was it was requested that teachers sit down and write with the students. Okay. So um, I penned this short uh, mystery, and that's where it started. Wow. Okay. Yeah. If you, if anybody's interested, you know, definitely go check out Ray's website. It's called mm -hmm. Mystery for Me, the number four, mysteryforme.com. Correct. And you have on there a book of three, the, the BT and Jimmy Adventure series. I got to say, I am fascinated by the BT and Jimmy Adventure series. There's mm -hmm. a, it's kind of a throwback to a nostalgia of <laughs> like that, you know, the, the child detective series that you would, remember but also as you said in there it also has some you know some some life lessons involved in there there's mm. some you throw in a little bit of some history for people so whether they like it or not they're going to be learning as it goes so talk to us a bit about how you you kind of got into writing the inspiration behind book one for instance the mystery of the silver statue well, uh, like I said, the inspiration uh, initially was Professor Graham Newell. And as I was writing, when I first started teaching, writing along with my students, they asked her, you know, if I would read my story. Okay. And so I read this this short story. I mean, it was just a couple of pages and they just loved it. And they said, oh, my God, we got to hear more. <laughs> and so from then on, I just continued to write a little bit year after year. I, m I moved from Coventry that first half year I was there and took a full-time job in, at Barton Academy in graded school. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was teaching middle school history. And sixth graders, I was teaching Vermont history. Okay. And um, so every year when we got to the point where we were talking about the French and Indian War and the lost silver statue, I would go back to my book and it, you know, it would inspire me to write some more. Okay. Well, when, when I got done the manuscript or thought I was done um, and started sending it out, I got this uh, reply from an editor who said, uh, thanks, but no thanks. Here's a thought. Hmm. What makes, what's going to make your book different than others out there sitting on the shelf? Right. And so that's when it kind of hit me that, okay, th this is what I'm going to do. Um, I'm going to use my two oldest sons as inspiration. And so my older son became BT and the younger one, Jimmy. And my older son actually had um, a brain tumor at five years old. I, I guess I decided that the French and Indian War was very interesting at that point. And so I could come up with an idea for a mystery. When Graham Newell talked about this 
uh, statue, this missing statue of French and Indian War period, um, I thought, ah, you know, there's, there's a story there. And so I started doing more research and learning about the Native Americans across the border in Quebec at Ordinac, and then used that research to include it in the book. And so, you know, being, being a teacher, I, I had to include the, the history aspects. And, and so I, I really enjoy that part as well um, as mysteries. However, uh, I think I was being interviewed by someone at the Chronicle in Barton. And afterwards she said, you know what? You write history mysteries. That's what you write. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's pretty cool. Yeah. And so how much, because as you said, as a teacher, and you want to add some of the historical significance to stuff, do you find that easier or more challenging as a writer? Because it kind of paints you into a point of, I can't lie about this, or I can't fictionalize some of these events. Well, that yeah, that can be a little tricky, because in my second book, um, The Mystery of the Brit Kingdom, Brick Kingdom mm -hmm. is actually an industrial area in Barton, and I could see it from my classroom on the fourth floor, uh, and that's where Barton Barton was kind of well noted back in the 1800s mm -hmm. for um, their industry, and the industry was along the the river which flowed from Crystal Lake down into the Barton River, and many businesses grew up along there and used the water power. Um, from the falls to power their businesses. So I, I kind of thought there might be a, a story there. So after the silver statue, I, I, I did some more research on the Brick Kingdom yeah. and it still exists to some extent in that there are lots of brick buildings in there. Most of them have fallen down, but uh, it, was, it was kind of a, it's a cool place to, to write about. And also just above that is a, uh, lumber business. It used to be a grain business. It's called E.M. Brown um, Incorporated. And the, it, it's very unusual because where the water flows along the falls, um, there was a, a sluice was built. So the water would flow right into this E.M. Brown building and power all of their equipment. Oh, and wow. so I got to, to see all of this stuff and I'm like, oh my God, this, this is really cool. I know there's a mystery here. So <laughs> the hard part was figuring out what that mystery was because it's usually about buried treasure. Right. Um, Mark Twain, one of his quotes that I, that I really like is uh, that at some point in every kid's life, they've got to go out searching for buried treasure. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, and, and um, I remember Way back when I was a kid, my grandfather saying, yeah, you know, during the Depression, my father buried um, jars of money out in the yard. I think it was under that maple tree over there. <laughs> so my brothers and I hustled out there and we dug up the yard. My grandfather laughed and laughed. <laughs> but we hunted for buried treasure. And, you know, so that was sort of an inspiration as well. Right. And so I noticed too is like that you know this came out your your second book in the series mm -hmm. came out in 2012. The first one was in 2011, mm -hmm. uh, but the third one came out in 2017. So there was like a five year lag there. I what happened was um, in 2011 I um, retired from the classroom right. um, at that point, 
and we took a jaunt south to to Florida and and spent part of the year down there. And in and at Disney World, I started writing a, about a mystery at the Pirates of the Caribbean. Mm-hmm. And and so I got back up here and in and my daughter-in-law, who does the illustrations for the book, said, "No, no, 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 this is not cool." Um, your books are all about the Northeast Kingdom. Hmm. I said, yeah, okay. That's, you know, that's, that's what I need to do. So, so uh, I changed, I I just totally gutted the story and, and changed it complete. Well, not completely, but quite a bit. Um, And, and so the third book now is going to be the fourth book because okay. The book coming out this fall or this winter, this next winter, is uh, going to be called The Mystery of the Mountaintop Treasure. Oh, okay. It's around Jay Peak. And also Space Research um, Facility, which is still up there. And it bordered the United States and Canada. It was an unusual business. Um, they made, basically, they made huge um, guns okay. um, that, that would fire, you know, 40 or 50 mile missiles. And um, so it was a, a very intriguing area. So anyway, um, I put that aside. And uh, when we moved back here, I was in Derby Line. And one day, the local paper, the Newport Daily, uh, had this article about a group of uh, investigators who were coming to Derby Line. They were called the Paranormal Investigators of New England. Mm-hmm. And they were headed to the Haskell Library and Opera House. Okay. Which is an unusual story in itself because it sits right on an international border. Half of it's in the United States, half of it in Canada. And, and actually in the theater, there's a line that marks demarcation of here. If you sit on this side, you're in Canada. If you sit on this side watching um, whatever performance, you're in the United States. And, and so when I saw that article, I said to my youngest son, I said, Nick, grab your camera. And I grabbed my notebook. I said, we're going to the Haskell. So we raced up to the Haskell and we got there and, and the uh, investigators were just setting up. And so they went through all this stuff. They said, you know, there's been lots of stories about strange happenings at the Haskell. And I'm like, oh, there's a mystery here. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I began to write the mystery of the uh, Haunted Opera House. Okay. And and that so that's where that came in. And and so I set aside the mountaintop treasure. Okay. And and, and so that's why that period of time is kind of like I was going every which way, not sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Where where what I was gonna write or what I was gonna finish. So I right. actually finished the uh, mountain uh, the uh, haunted opera house and, and got that published. Mm. And so are, are each one of these stories, is there a continuing meta plot or each one of these stories is kind of contained in its own beginning, middle, end? Each one can be contained. However, the, the characters are all the same. Okay. And in fact, in the second one, you introduce um, a couple of girlfriends, friends um, in, the, in the story, and they, they all continue through uh, the next books in the series as well. Okay. Um, but but the you know the general themes are mysteries and histories and the whole idea of this young man who had a very difficult time growing up and and, and just you know feelings of in, inadequacy 
and um, how he really had to persevere to get to the point where, you know, he, he became, he went to college, he became a, a computer techie and, and did some great things. Right. Um, and so he, the, the book kind of follows along um, that way, along those lines. Yeah. Perseverance. Is the BT and Jimmy adventure ad, adventure series or there is, is there a timelessness about it or does it take place in a certain time period itself? I would say pretty timeless. Okay. Yeah. And, you know, they hearken back to the stories I read when I was a kid, the mysteries. Right. You know, like the, the Hardy Boys and the Hardy Boys. And stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And do you see, do you have a um, an idea of like you want to just keep writing the series until the, it ends or is there going to be like, I'm going to do 10 or I'm going to do five or do you have, I don't like, have any specific number, but I always have these thoughts just rolling around in my brain. Like, Oh yeah, I know the next one is going to be the mystery of the men from Magog monster. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. yeah. <laughs> because I've always been intrigued about Lake men from Magog. And I, and I thought I saw something way, way back when I was in college and I'm like, yeah, there's, there's definitely a mystery there. Is there like any theme, like for instance, maybe doing like one book per town in the Northeast Kingdom or anything like that? I haven't really thought about that, but I, you know, I've been to different schools. Like I was down in uh, Barnet, and uh, the kids were like, "Oh, I know what you could write about down here." So yeah. I was at a uh, uh, library group in Barton, and. The I think the haunted opera house was just coming out, and like I had people saying, "Oh, you've got to you've got to write about all these stories about these haunted places and these haunted houses." And right. I had money, so oh yeah, you're right. Every town's got a town's got an adventure. I mean, you're on to something here, Ray. I bet you can. Yeah, I mean. yeah. When you sit down to write, are you there's like uh, what you know what they call them, plotters and pantsers, where you either are you you have a very specific thing. Are you in charge? of the story or is it BT and Jimmy? Do you write in like, and are you, as you're typing it out or writing like, I guess they're going here. Like, or how does that work for you? Uh, that's, that's a great question. And I think I've evolved, evolved over time. Yeah. Um, early on, like with the, uh, the silver statue and with the brick kingdom and the haunted opera house, it was all, the story just took me in these first three books, actually in the four, the story just took me. Okay. Yeah, in the Brick Kingdom, I was sitting there and I was just totally stuck. I'm like, yeah. I don't know how to get. I know where I want to go, but I'm not sure how to get from here to there. And so I was sitting there one day morning after breakfast at, at the bar, and and uh, and I'm, I'm just was thinking about it. I put it away for a couple of weeks, and I came back to it, and and I'm like, I jumped up, like, I got it. And my daughter's like, What is your problem? <laughs> I got it. I got from here to there. And so, you know, it just, it, it came to me and, and that's what the books have done other than the new book that I just released last year. And that's an adult thriller. Right. And, and that was very different um, for me because one, it was an adult story. And two, I had taken a, an online course from James Patterson, who is obviously, you know, he's the guru of mysteries and thrillers. Right. And uh, one thing hit home to me, which was, he said, you should just kind of outline, outline each chapter. And I did. And I outlined 80 some odd chapters. Wow. And it really, it took me from where I wanted 
to start to where I wanted to end. Yeah. So talk to us a bit about your your latest book. This book here, Spy Chip Armageddon, and it's one of your biggest books, correct? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. You know, and it's an adult thriller. It's nearly 400 pages. And I was just surfing the internet and I came across this interesting article on what's called a RFID, which is a radio frequency identification device. And so it's a chip and, and you, you've probably heard of them now. People are implanting them actually in their hands between the thumb and the, and the first finger. Okay. And um, they can be used, they can be read by a reader. Huh. So there are companies out there who are actually using them, um, implanting them in their employees so that they can get into the building, so that they can go to the snack machine and, and just wow. wave their hand over it. And it, it's just this intrigued me. I said, oh, wow, this is crazy. And then I started doing some research. Some of the research was very biblical. Right. Saying, oh, this is the mark of the devil. You know, this, this is where we're going in society. That kind of gave me the the impetus to to write about this this story and wow! So this takes place in the Northeast Kingdom too. Well, from Washington D.C., the Burlington area to Washington D.C. to Puerto Rico to California and um, to an island off the coast of Alaska. Wow! So it's kind of like spread out all over the place. So I get like, is there any Easter eggs or any like things in the background of this story at all that would make a reference to um, your BT and Jimmy oh, series. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Oh, there is? Okay. yeah. Yeah. There are references all over I, for sure, you know, and, and, and family members and, you know, people saying that's me. You're talking about me there. It's, is there any, is this part of the same world as the BT and Jimmy series at all? No. No, no, it's completely separate. Completely separate. You know, when I pulled from characters, I, I, I pulled from characters close to me and then characters that I just made up in my mind because I said, uh, you know, I need this character and I really don't know them, but I'm going to create them. When you write, when you have something set up and you have it written out, who's your proofreaders? Do you have like, uh, who do you hand it over to say, hey, can you check this out? First, I start with uh, my wife, Mary. Um, she is uh, she is still a teacher, and she's taught everything from English to uh, special ed, and so she's pretty good at that kind of stuff. Right. And you know, definitely from from the very raw beginnings, you know, she can look at things and say, "Oh, what's going on here?" But also, my daughter-in-law Stephanie, who does the illustrations, she'll get it right off and and then come back with um, her thoughts. Right. Um, on things from, you know, really from every chapter. Right. And then we'll sit down and with the kids' books, uh, Steph and I will sit down and decide what, what the pictures are going to be inside. And so she helps so you, she, she helps design the design your, the cover for your books? And everything. Uh, she actually, she, she has so much inspiration for, for seeing those kind of things that I don't even necessarily see. And, and I don't even see the cover. I mean, I, I don't say this is what I want on the cover. She just, she reads it. And, and then she, from there, she starts with ideas. And then she sends me them and says, what do you think? Right. I'm always blown away. Like, oh my God, this is so cool. 
So in like in your series, uh, in, in your in your series, do you have anything that basically like, like rules of physics or something that 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 fits specifically in your writing? Is it like Scooby Doo in the sense where there's always an explanation, or do you have things that have? Sometimes there isn't in the haunted okay. house. There really isn't an explanation. Okay. Now, something two, two very different things happen, okay. and there is buried treasure, but there's also that haunted aspect. Right. And that never gets resolved. Do, do you, at, at that point, do you have like a folders or whatever, an explanation that you know? Do you kind of lay out some breadcrumbs for, for folks <laughs> at all? Um, yeah, actually, at the, pretty much at the end of each book, I, I kind of give them uh, a taste of, of what the next book is going to be like. Okay. Uh, yeah, and and in my first one, it, you know, I, I wasn't sure where I was going with that, but I did leave the door open because um, I say at the very end, uh, mysterious notes shoved under the door um, for BT, uh -huh. and then it ends. Oh, okay. Well, the note then I pick up with the the Brick Kingdom. Okay. And that's what the note is all about. Right. And yeah, one kind of leads to the next um, right. mystery. So when you write your drafts, how how many drafts does it take before you're saying, "All right, this is good." Oh, I'm gonna get this. You know, I tell I I do quite a bit uh, of speaking at schools, right? And uh, one because a lot of teachers know me in in the area, and <laughs> and uh, they love to have me in, and the you know, and the kids do too. So kids are often asking, and I about that, and and if they don't, I will tell them, you know what, I I go over. My books probably anywhere from twenty to twenty-five times that that I'm going through this thing and, and rewriting parts of it. Have um, you ever have you ever had it been a point where you like really liked a scene or really liked like what happened, but it didn't go anywhere? It wasn't part of a the larger plot. Did you ever have to like pull those out and maybe just like add them into a different book or keep oh, it to the side and say, I'm going to try to find a way to use this later. Oh, definitely. And, and, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I do have a proofreader editor and, and send it out. And then when I get it back, it's like, you know, I'm just so full of ideas from the proofreader or end editor. Um, right. You know, do, you know, what do you think in here? This doesn't, you, you don't think this works, do you? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it'll work somewhere else. So yeah, you know, that really gets me thinking. Well, what are some of the things you wished you knew that you know now that you wish you knew when you're writing your first book? I wish that um, I had known how difficult it would be to market it. <laughs> <laughs> um, because the you know the first publisher was was new, kind of new, and and I was growing up with them. Mm. And there wasn't a great amount of marketing, but um, I thought I could do it better myself. And, and uh, you know, so so I decided that I was just going to go it on my own and I was going to self-publish. And it was still just as difficult. Would you would you recommend for someone who is looking to get their book published to either self-publish it or look for a, look for a publisher? I really like self-publishing because I am in control. So as you mentioned before, as you mentioned before, you were going to have, you know, your 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 book four is coming out. Mm -hmm. uh, you said this fall, correct? I'm hoping by Christmas time. Okay. The mystery of the mountaintop treasure. And is the spy chip Armageddon? Is there going to be a sequel to that? Or? I, I've started it. We're okay. I have yes, yeah, okay. and I, so I'm kind of I, I kind of float back and forth. 
between okay. and uh, but I've also you know I've jumped into another mystery BT and Jimmy mystery with the Men from Magog monster. Magog monster. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and do you have and so so let's talk a bit too about you. You also came out in I think it was in 2012 as well. Your uh, that memoir book based off of your your, your father-in-law. Yes, it was about, I was still teaching and it was in the summer and it was, and my father-in-law was in his late eighties. I think he was 88 or 89. And I said to my wife, you know, you, your dad's not going to be around many more years. Um, I've heard all these stories over the years um, about his experiences. And so I'm going to sit down with him and, and I'm going to, I'm going to get his story. And we converse back and forth, you know, I spent some days with him. And, and uh, so there's, there's still, uh, there are things that to this day that I could probably add. And, mm-hmm. and it's just, it was extraordinary to me to imagine this. I think he was 21 years old and he had been married just a couple of weeks and, and he was off to um, the West coast and then on board a ship which took them you know, like two, 2,500 soldiers, took them first to Australia and then up to India. And they crossed India by train. And then um, he jumped in with another unit, crossed the southern part of the Himalaya mountains, carrying, not carrying, but um, leading pack mules with wow. everything that they needed to surprise uh, the Japanese in the southern jungles of China. Wow. Where he saw... Uh, quite a bit of combat and you kind of like wrote this kind of like also as a as a gift to him as well exactly yeah and, okay. and he would you know he brought back pictures and but i also researched and found pictures of things that he had talked about uh like the uss john pope who you know the, the ship that that he went over on and and was then my illustrator was able to put it all together as as a as a writer, what were what were some of the some of the significant differences between writing a biography and then writing some fiction prose? I found it much more difficult to write the biography. Really? Yeah, I really wow. did. Okay. Um, I, because it was just a different style that it was kind of foreign to me. Right. And so you know, it took me some time to and so, quite a bit of reworking. To say, you know, to, to figure out how I was going to say things, you know, that didn't sound, you know, like just lose a bunch of facts. Right. Yeah. Because I didn't want to do it that way. I wanted to make it more personal, you know, with some of his thoughts and some of his feelings. Right. And what was going on while he was there. And and so because you, you came out with that book around the same time because you came out with like three books within like two years at that point. Mm-hmm. That you know the the first uh, BT and Jimmy series, and then and then you came out with the second one and this one both in and then that yeah yeah and that so, same time oh, yeah and I, I was really gung ho at that point once the first book the Silver Statue was published I was you know some gung so gung ho that um, you know it took me years to write uh, the Silver Statue and get it to the point where I was willing to send it to publishers right and once it was published. I wrote the Brick Kingdom one summer, right? Yeah, in, in just a couple of months. Uh, how how is it different to write for children, like for the young adults, as to which one do you see more freeing or more 
are more exciting for you as a, as an author? Definitely writing for kids. Okay. Yeah, it, it just it seems to flow. Yeah. More easily, yeah. Uh, and you know, I I can just take off and go with it, and it just seems to to write almost write itself. Right. Whereas the other one, uh, the adult thriller, it, it was it, there was a much more research to that. Okay. Uh, not to say I don't research my the BT Jimmy series because I do, um, but being a history teacher, a social studies teacher for 30 years, um, and teaching Vermont studies and particularly the Barton area and this the area up north here um, next to the border. Um, I've, I've got a lot of that that foundation. Right. And then it's just adding to it. Right. Whereas uh, with the spy chip Armageddon, it was, you know, it was totally, wow, I've got to go out and, and research all <laughs> of this stuff. And, and what? I, I've got to figure out California. Oh, yeah. <laughs> let's take a trip. <laughs> Which is kind of cool. Are you always going to make sure at least like in, in your spy chip Armageddon series, there's always going to be a stopover in Vermont. Oh yes, definitely happened in Vermont. Yeah, yeah, because um, the the main character Jackson Lapointe really is is a government employee, and he works out of a uh, service center up in uh, St Albans. So this has been great. This is uh, I'm excited now. I, I, you know, as as you're talking, I'm just thinking what I love about it, because it's based in Vermont. You know, and I'm you've run, mm -hmm. my, my my gears are spinning on yeah. thinking about all the people that I want to buy your books for right now too. So. Ah. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, you know, and, and the funny part is, uh, you know, I get adults who, who buy them or, or buy the books in the series and say, yeah, but I love them too. Right. <laughs> they're, they're good, quick reads and they're easy reads. On your website, you can click on it. It'll, it'll take it straight to the straight to the Amazon site. Correct. Do you actually have books? If somebody wanted a book signed by you, is there a way they could do that? Um, I haven't quite figured that out yet. Um, other than... Contacting me because yeah. they came through the website and and they can send it, right? Because okay. I you know I have books right here I can just sign and send. Okay, all right. Yeah. So someone could do that too. Yeah, I have done that. So the easiest way that somebody can to find you would probably be then going to mysteryforme.com, correct? Either mysteryforme.com, yes, or going to Amazon. So so yeah, definitely for is you know mystery for the number four me, dot com. You have all your books on there. Your BT and Jimmy Adventure series is on there. You know, your additional titles, which is your their Spy Chip Armageddon and also the memoir you wrote. You're getting quite the quite the library coming up here, Ray, of books that you've uh, have. So Yeah, and, and hoping to continue that. Um COVID slowed me down a little bit. Well, I mean, I'm I'm excited to see four and then book mm. five, and it sounds like you already got some ideas for other books coming out. Yeah, those ideas just keep churning around and <laughs> calling to me. <laughs> well, thanks a lot, Ray. This is it's been a genuine pleasure talking to you, and I'm excited to see more of your work now. Well, it's great talking to you. Thank you, Barry. You're welcome. So we'll yeah we'll just we'll get right into it. Right. Yeah.
Because I know, I mean, as a retired teacher, do you still like everything going to be right on time and everything like that? Too? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> always, all, all my meals are eaten in like 15 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got to hit the bathroom and eat. And yep. 